Hi, my name is Yasmin Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Today's episode is with James Fanprog, the number one New York Times bestselling author of over a dozen international bestsellers, including Talking to Heaven and his latest, most transformative book, The Power of Love, Connecting to the Oneness. He's considered one of the most widely recognized and accurate spiritual mediums working today. And for over three decades, his messages have brought comfort and peace to millions, grieving lost loved ones or fearing death and the unknown. Throughout his career, James has appeared on countless national radio and television shows, including The Oprah Winfrey Show, Larry King, Dr. Phil, The View, Joy Behar, Chelsea Lately, and more. So I'm so excited to welcome James to the show. Welcome, James. Thank you very much, Asmin. Thank you. I love being with you. Thank you. (laughs) So James, uh, to kick it off, I'd love to just understand at what point on your journey were you able to connect with the other side? And perhaps you can also explain to the audience what that means. Sure, sure. Um, well, as a child, really, as a, as a well, as a, as a toddler, I guess you'd say, um, I was. I remember very, very clearly. I was in the crib, and my parents were in the living room outside. And they put me in the crib, and I wanted to be out with them. And I was crying. I was about two years old, probably. I'm, I'm just around there, and I remember um, every night, uh, like I don't know, twice a week or something. When I'd be crying, there would be a man appearing in the corner, and he had white hair, and we'd come close to me, and he hold me like a lollipop, this big old lollipop. And I was fascinated with this man. He had a lollipop or once he had a little mobile thing. It was, and he had beautiful eyes. And I remember he calmed me down. Well, years later, probably was seven or eight, my grandmother was showing me a photograph album and she came to a page and I said, wait a minute, who is that man there? I used to see him as a baby. And she said, oh, that was your grandfather, but he died way before you were born. And I said, oh, well, I know him. So that was one of the very first times. <laughs> and I was raised uh, Catholic. Mother was very Catholic, and I was raised Catholic. And uh, I remember one night we would say prayers and kneel down inside of the bed and say some prayers. I didn't necessarily believe in religion, believe it. Even back then, I didn't really. It was just spirituality, I guess you'd say. But I remember seeing these beings of light all around the end of the bed. And I, I asked my mother who they were, and she said, oh, those are God's angels. You see them too? When I was a little girl, I used to see them as well. Mm-hmm. And they'll always protect you. You have no, nothing to harm. So that was really the beginning. And I never um, sought it out to um, – it was just a part of who I was. It was just that there's another there's a dimension. There's a world. I used to see colors around my friends when we'd go play on Saturdays with weekends and you know, play or baseball or football or whatever it was. I used to see colors around the lights around there, which we now known as the auric field, the aura. And I would see um, their deceased loved ones there, but I would never really ju- jump up to them and say, oh, this lady's standing next to you. Because to me, it was kind of strange because I thought everybody could see that. That was everybody's, you know, that's how everybody saw life. But I didn't know I was anything different until, oh, I don't know, maybe my teenage years when some people, I, I brought it out. And so I said, you're, you're, a freak, you're a freak, you're weird. <laughs> and that was really, and then I stopped probably around age 14 because I had puberty. So other things were in my mind, right? <laughs> so, and I went, literally went into a seminary to be a priest because um, I knew that there was a mission for me and I didn't know what it was. And I thought, maybe that's it. I have to find God or help people in that way. And there's a funny story, and I'm, I'm making it a, a, a long story, very short. Um, at the end of a year, um, each student had to sit in, but they, I guess they called it the, the altar or the, the part of the church there. And I remember it was kind of like you had to sit in silence. 
And in that silence, I heard my very, very clearly in my head, you have to find God outside these four walls. You'll never find God here. You'll find God outside mm-hmm. these four walls. And that's when I left the seminary and uh, went back to New York City public school. <laughs> and uh, and that was the beginning. That was when I was a child when it all happened. Wow. So um, you talk about guides and kind of seeing spirit guides. And yeah. wh- what does that mean? Like what kind of spirit guides exist? And I read your book. Um, sure. So I know you go into a lot of detail about uh, sure. all the different with, types of guides. Spirit guides. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and you know, Yasmin, I, I, I'm just going to say that uh, no matter who you speak to in this world or any of us speak to or hear lectures or watch shows or whatever, or listen, it's it's always, we always have to remember that it's based on that person's experience. And so it's based on upon my experience of over 40 years. Is it absolutely right? I don't can't say that, but I can say it's based on my experiences, and that's what we all can do. But based upon my experiences, um, I'm aware that there are beings of, of energy. Let's just say everyone's energy, and that there are those beings who, there are, um, we call them guides, if we want, and there are some guides who are beings who have been on this earth before, walked on this earth, and there are other guides who have never walked on this earth around. There are guides, there are specialty guides who, let's say you come back on this earth, if we could think of it that we're humans having, or we're so Souls having a human experience, that's the best way to really look at what this what our whole thing is here. This is one of the schools to the soul. There are many, many schools, multitudes and multitudes of schools. The earth is only one school of many. So we are souls having a human experience. And there are some souls who have never been to this earth who are in the um, other realms, if you will, other dimensions, and they might have specialized in something like um, medicine or science or the arts. And they might uh, impress uh, a soul down here on this earth uh, with using their that soul's um, innate gifts, if you will, and bring forth uh, their their uh, scientific uh, uh, awareness or their creative abilities or so forth. So those are like specialized guides. Then there are spiritual guides, of course. Some refer to them as angels. But I don't know if angels exist, but there are those who will help us spiritually. Um, there are all different types of guides. There are also many times we see children who are guides, and these are usually what I call joy guides, and they help they impress people to be more lighter, to have more joy in their lives. And now how do they do that? An interesting thing to look at is that the brain is part of the body. The mind is the soul. So it's the soul is mind it's mind to mind communication because we the the, the the mind or the soul we're just a soul incarnated in a body they're just a soul outside the body but they still have a mind so how they impress upon us it's mind to mind communication telepathic communication or or sensory communication and that's really how it's done mm. so yeah, and all different types of guides. And even the, this is an interesting one. Even the, I call them opportunity guides. What that means is let's say one person decides to take up oil painting. Well, because they have that desire, they will draw to them a being who will impress upon them, uh, who may be a specialist in that field of oil painting, creativity, who will impress upon that soul to bring out those innate gifts of painting, if you will, of creativity. So that happens quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I know about it when I write my books. I have different guides sometimes. Depending on the subject matter of my book, I will have different guides who know about that topic more than others. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fascinating. And I think think people... People, maybe Elizabeth Gilbert talked about like calling it like the daemon a long time ago. Our creative kind of inspiration was like something outside of us. And I think now people assume it, it's just us entirely. But I always believe that there's, you know, definitely the help of so many other layers of the universe whenever we're in our creative work. So 
Um, yeah, and, and also, yeah, that's what I think that it's important. I think just a good point across. I think it's really important that people understand because it's just really, if you will, shifting your perspective, shifting your awareness. And this is true in all of life. So I say to a lot of my uh, people that I try to speak with that just imagine that this physical body, this part of your soul, is just 30% of your soul inside this body. 70% of that soul is outside the body on different realms, different dimensions, and your higher self, your emotional self, your mental self. So all different layers or levels, if you will, to the soul. We're just aware of the, the densest part of the soul. So I tend to call that the big toe to the soul. But we put so much emphasis on this physical when really that's the densest part of who we are. Where do spirit guides reside? And specifically, what is the astral dimension, the etheric dimension, and... I think what you call the spiritual and the celestial dimension. Right. So if we look at it in, in, in a simplistic way, because the human being is, it's an interesting animal, the human being. I think the human gets so caught up in the complexity of the simplicity. And I believe that if we could just look at it, that maybe perhaps a rainbow would be the best description or best way of analogy, that there are bands or worlds within worlds within worlds. So they're all different levels of frequency, level of dimension, whatever you want to call that. And these beings, these guides will um, reside in different realms for different reasons, whatever that realm um, is about. Maybe there's a realm about education and teaching. There's a realm about science. There's a realm about compassion. There's a realm about um, mental health and healing. So all these different realms. So I, th I think more that way. Um, it's almost like a state of being, if you will, and, and uh, that, that frequency that you're at. Um, so I think that's really what, what, what the point is really about. Hmm, okay. Um, and what does it feel like to connect with the other side in, in your perspective? Because it's so interesting. I think some people, when you try to explain it to them, they don't really get it. And I know you've done a lot of readings in the past where you can connect with someone who's crossed over. And I think our culture also has like a very kind of distinct fear around death. Um, and so I imagine, you know, your work is probably so helpful for people trying to reconcile like you know, that this person that they love so much is is forever gone. Um, can you talk about that? Sure. And also, Yasmin, let me just also, as out of respect for you, uh, tell you that uh, that last question about, you know, whether they reside, the guys, there's so much in, like, for the astral world. We could do an entire show on just the astral world and just the etheric world. So I'm just trying to keep it, you know, easy so you can get a lot of information in if that's okay. Yeah, of course. So, so, so I, I think, as you say, a lot of people are, are afraid of the unknown. It's a, a fear of death. And they really have nothing to fear of death because death is life. Death is just a, a shift in consciousness. And really, we die every night we go to sleep. Now, what does that mean? Well, as a soul, this is not our natural home. This is not our natural vibration. Our natural vibration is just, let's just say, the spirit world or a higher frequency. We'll call it the spirit world, having whatever people want to refer to it as, that higher frequency. And at night, we go to sleep. So what does that mean? Well, the soul will usually exit the body at the top of the head, the crown chakra. And it usually will go out that way. It comes in that way and goes out that way. When you're born, you come in that way. It's the last thing that heals is a soft spot. And as you go out the crown chakra, that's you go out at, at uh, also at, at night. So you and sometimes people are just about to fall asleep and they shake 
And it's because they're not leaving the correct axis of the body at this, this point. So they come back in quickly and then they go out. So there's an unconscious. And you go to the spirit levels, the spirit world, if you want to call it the astral world, the heaven worlds, and you see your loved ones and you see your guides, you see your teachers. And many people have had experiences where um, I call them crossovers, that it's very, very real. It's so real. It's like, my gosh, this is more real than a dream. And that's what I call crossovers. That's when you can consciously remember that your soul's had that connection with your loved ones. So we do that all the time. At the time of death, there is no pain whatsoever in death at all. It's just a breath. It's a breath out. And uh, the pain leading to death, like if there's an illness perhaps, then there's the pain. That, that's pain. We were not meant to suffer. We're not meant to be in pain. And wonderful, the intelligence of the spirit world has indeed provided and inspired scientists to develop um, medications for pain. So there's no reason to suffer here. There really is not. It's hard enough down here. We don't need to suffer mm -hmm. on our way back home. And another thing is the spirit world prepares for our reception. Uh, the other day, as you know, I lost my, my lovely daughter, my four-legged furry daughter, Maisie, who I had for 11 years, and it was heartbreaking. Even for me, who worked with death every day, it was heartbreaking because the human part of me is like, oh. So I'm in my car and I'm driving to the vet and um, I'm just, I had to pull to the side of the road because I'm crying and also I'm just sending out these thoughts and it's so human of me, but I'm here. I'm human uh, experience. So I said, who's going to meet her? Who's going to meet her? And all of a sudden, all these dogs all <laughs> around me, lapping my face, kissing me. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's the reception. Oh, my gosh, she's going to be received, of course. And so none of us are ever alone. There's always, you know, people have often talked about who are getting close to this, the, 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 the death, if you will, the reception, the going home part, that they see loved ones a month or two months before. They have, oh, my goodness, I've seen my mother or I've seen this person. It's very, very common because we, we it's a reception. It's a party. They, they are so happy that we've returned. Um, a quick story, my friend Olivia and I used to go to a lot of um, mediums and healers all over the world for many years, and, and we developed together. And we had an agreement that whoever leaves first will come back immediately and describe to the other what happens. So I'm driving down the street in San Diego, and I see Olivia's face on my windshield. And I said, oh, you better not have crossed over, and you better not be dead. And he said, oh, I'm not the dead one. You are. <laughs> and and I, I go back to my uh, office, and I look on my email, and her daughter from Australia had written and said, my mom passed over. And I wrote, I know she's already come through. And Olivia, I said, Olivia, what was it like? What was it like? And I tuned into her. And she said, it was very strange. Now, this is a lady who knows all about this type of work. And and for her to say it's strange, she said, it was all very, she was British, and she was, it's all very strange. She said, it was very strange. It was like walking into a movie theater, and all of the chairs, the audience was staring at the screen, and I walked into that screen. She said, the colors were beautiful, the flowers were growing at, at colors I'd never seen before, and I was met by all of these people, and so many people who I affected in my life in a positive way that I didn't know. Someone who I opened the door for, someone I smiled at. She said, they were all welcoming me and thanking me and welcoming me back. So, and, and that was it. I mean, that was what she said happened. Um, and, and of course, I don't know if I've heard, I haven't heard from her since, so I actually got lost <laughs> in that lovely world. But uh, there's also, uh, Yasmin, I've heard from many, many, I mean, I must have communicated with hundreds of thousands of spirits. There is also what they call a life review. 
that what happens. Mm -hmm. So after we adapt, if you will, once we leave this body and get those back into our spiritual self, if you will, the awareness, and everybody, by the way, goes to their funeral or memorial services. And I think that's part of the the um, acclimation to get, get used to uh, this new sense of self. And um, it seems that after the uh, quite that is finished, if you will, um, because, you know, there, there's no time they're outside of time, but there seems to be a life review. And what happens is they go into this space, and it's almost as if a mother would say, uh, on the other side, would say, why don't you just have a nap? Why don't you just have a little slumber? And the spirit sends it go to a slumber state, and they relive the entire life they just had in minutes or seconds. You know, there's no time. But what happens, they tell me, which is so very interesting, is that they not only live every situation, every scene that they've seen, but what happens is they see it from another person's point of view. So let's say if somebody went into um, um, a gas station, they got received gas, they went in, and they were not in a good mood, and they yelled at the shopkeeper. And, and in turn, the shopkeeper yells at a, a clerk, and the clerk gets upset with that energy and goes home and yells at a family member and so forth and so on. When you have this life review, you become that shopkeeper. You become how he felt 10 times, 20 times stronger than the original energy that was sent to him or her. And then you feel what the clerk felt and the other person. So what, it's what we call the rippling effect. And that is when you become your own judge and jury. And you have to be responsible for the energy, the thoughts, the words that you created and put out to the world. So that's your life review. And in that review, you kind of see if you pass the tests and the lessons that you came back to this school, this earth school to learn. So that's when you find out. Wow. <laughs> and then what happens when you don't pass lessons? You have to do them over again? You gotta come back <laughs> and do it again. Oh, gosh. So, but if you imagine the awareness that the entire world, that every person had the awareness that they gotta be responsible for what they think, that's how they treat the act, the thoughts, words, and deeds. If they were responsible for what they put out to that universe, because then what you get at, give out, you'll get back. If people lived with that, wouldn't the world be a better place? Oh, yeah. Big time. <laughs> right? Big time. Big time. Wow. <laughs> big, You'd have to like time. watch every single thought, right? Because even just small little thoughts. Yeah. And it's so it's so true because – and I, I'm, I'm like – you know, I know you said you're a Taurus. I'm a Virgo, very down to earth. A very, I'm a New Yorker, a cynical New Yorker, very down to earth. And I had a near-death experience, which it really was an amazing thing. I didn't know why it would be amazing until years later. But at the actual time of leaving the body, I uh, I was really sick and my head hit a counter of the, of the bathroom and I just – I went conscious and blood went everywhere and the whole bit and it popped out of my body. And um, my cousin, who I had not seen since she made her change, I, she said, don't worry, it's going to be, you're going to be over really soon. And I said, over <laughs> or over? Can you please help me? Because I need to know. Because <laughs> you keep your personality and your sense of humor. But one thing that I became aware of, and she left, and I became aware of that I was out of time. But I was so aware that every person has above them, if you will, a thread, the crown of chakra, that goes into like a matrix, if you will, or a tapestry. And every thought has a color, a density, a design. And that bleeds into that universal tapestry. So you've impressed upon that universal tapestry your thoughts, your design, your creation. If you have positive, loving thoughts, it's, it's a beautiful colors. But if they're in negative and fearful thoughts, it darkens it. It mm -hmm. muddies the waters. And also, I believe that when you have that life review, you become aware of how you impressed the universal tapestry. What have you done for one another? And that made me realize we're all connected. We're just all, we're all one. We're wow. all connected.
Yeah. So, so that's powerful because I think when you're in a space of frustration or, you know, judgment, then I think the best emotion is to just be in forgiveness, right? Like there are reaction to things. Totally. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if we get upset about something, say, okay, what do you go back to? Okay, breathe. And okay, what am I learning from this experience? And and the more upsetting I'll be is that lesson might be a hard lesson. It might be a tough one. You know, and, and I also think a best one of the good ways of looking at it is when people realize they can't control others, there is no control. We have no control. You can't <laughs> control another person. You can't control a situation. What you can do is control how you respond to something. That's what you can control. So, you know, people do their dramas. And I, and I, I mentioned this before, and I just love this saying that, you know, if there's no audience, there's no show. So if, if we could be in this observation mode and let people do their stuff and we just interact, but if we're more aware of it as a show, as you know, we're players on, on a stage and, and how we interact with someone, um, are we showing them the best ourselves? Are we realizing that maybe they're stuck in a certain space they can't get out of? Maybe they're, you know, and it all comes down, it all comes down to, again, I'm going to repeat what I said, which is, the human beings get caught up in the uh, complexity of simplicity. I believe that life is a series of choices, and, and all choices are based upon two things. It's either love or fear, and I think that's all there is. Mm. You know? Yeah, and I think uh, just what you mentioned earlier but before when we were talking before the show started, uh, just being in an observer mode when things yes. are – you know, when, when kind of everything's breaking down around you, just like observe, watch, don't like attach yourself to it. Cause exactly. it's probably just a, you know, it's a reshuffling and, and. Yeah. And it's also important that people understand. I've used this one over and over. It comes from way back with, uh, before Wayne Dyer, even um, what other people think of you is none of your business <laughs> <laughs> because it really isn't. Nobody can love you more than you can love yourself. There's no way because you know yourself better than anybody else. Mm. And why give your energy to other people? Why, why empower that? Why give away your power? You know, why mispower yourself? You need to um, just be who you are, that you need. Everyone is unique. Everyone is a, a perfect diamond. And I think every experience in life uh, cuts the facet of that diamond and lets out more light. And I think that's why we have to have these experiences. And our light, we show people our light on a, on a certain level. They're aware of that. So the more we can get out of negativity, because negativity and fear dulls that light. And and even I think that's where faith comes into faith of just believe in love. Um, I, I believe that everybody is God, that God force, that God light. I just think everybody is that. And I think that's our job, uh, you, myself, and all the light workers down here, to remind people that you know you are light, you are loved, you are loved, and not by forcing them into it. Because I got a lot of students on my, uh, my I have a school online, and I have a lot of students who say I I want to just share this and and put the <laughs> spiritual truths to these people. And it's like, yeah, and you know about this right yeah <laughs> you, you can't force people yeah. you just got you know you can just sow the seeds and it'll grow when it's when it's fertile when the ground is fertile it will grow but it will grow you've planted the seeds that's all you can do mm, yeah, yeah. I, I also remember uh, i think ram das uh, had mentioned this hilarious quote it's like if you think you're enlightened spend a week with your family <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Our, our greatest teacher is our family. Yes, they're our greatest teachers. <laughs> because you look at your family and you think, well, you know, they reflect part of you because they're emotional bodies. You know, you're you're connected in some way to with them. So they're reflecting an aspect of yourself that needs to, well, come into wholeness or needs to heal. And I also, I've worked a lot with Dr. Brian Weiss, who did a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. 
And Briar and I worked for many, many, 20 years together uh, in workshops and so forth. And we, our work is very similar in some respects. And that, you know, we both agree that it is really like a, a stage show. And each lifetime, we come back and play a different character. And we have to find out the wholeness on the both sides of that character. And it's really interesting because um, it definitely, to me, is that. It's, <laughs> yeah. I love that book. I actually read it. Uh, I read a couple of his books. Um, and for me, because, you know, I think the concept of past lives, is, especially if, you know, I was, you know, pretty much an ag- agnostic for a long time and, you yeah. know, it was just hardcore science. So it's hilarious, like how far I've come. Um, yeah. But, well, and like Dr. Brian Weiss was a Yale psychologist and right. then he gave that up to be in doing some past life regression. So it's, it's <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, I read that book and I also spent um, two years at the Academy of Intuition Medicine and um, my mind, yeah, was just blown by some of the data that came out of past life regressions and just how how transformative that work is um and also just how well, I, I, I i have a quick one for you a really okay. quick interesting <laughs> interesting situation because i'm doing all these workshops with dr weiss and uh we were once and we did cruises to a lot of cruises around the world and we do the workshops and the cruises and it was one night after dinner and he had his workshop that night and i'm sitting in the back of the room with the other like 100 people 200 people and he said okay i'm going to do an easy one now and um, you can just um close your eyes and i'll bring you to a space and you can ask whatever you want to and and that will be it. I thought, oh, this will never work for me. Being a cynical New Yorker, oh, it'll never work for me. But I said in my mind, I said, okay, why am I doing the work of a medium? Why am I here talking to dead people for a living? And why would I go on television and be a public figure doing that? And now this was really interesting. I saw myself with my eyes, like blue eyes, my mustache, and that's what I saw. And I was a general. And many, many wars. And it was just me standing there, and the uniforms changed. That's all the change of the uniforms over and over again. I was in the Russian War, the Prussian War, I was in the American Indian War, French Wars, all these different wars. And I was always a general, always responsible for telling my men when to go in and kill people. So now I came back in this lifetime to heal the millions of people that mm. I was responsible for killing. Wow. That's isn't fascinating. That, fascinating. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's wow. like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I, you know what? So before you learn, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. What you've asked me before what I've learned from this, the talking to spirit. Yeah. And it really is what I've been telling you. It really is to live a life of remembrance that you are a soul having an experience don't take it all so seriously <laughs> and try try to remember every single day they say every single day that every day on your path comes a student or a teacher mm. every day wow. right yeah that's that that's what i'd say i learned <laughs> i love that yeah i mean i think you know especially if like there's just if this is just our school and that we're going to come back there is really no reason to be so serious. <laughs> no, you got to have a lightness of being. You know, I believe that I always say joy is part of the journey. It's J-O-U-R-N-E-Y. Joy, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y. Joy mm. is literally part of the journey. So. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So, so James, you know, a lot of people are stuck in density and especially – over the last couple of years, I think it's been especially tough. And I think things are just continuing to kind of reshuffle from what I've seen around me. Um, How do we raise our energy or how do you kind of increase the vibration of your heart space? 
Well, you know, this was asked the other day to me, too, and, and it was really interesting how I had this kind of insight. And I was like, well, i got to share this on my show. So I did. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a gardener now. I, I've got some I retired and I've created gardens. And I've become really great into, well, I think, whatever, the judgment, I don't know what the judgment on it, but awareness, let's say that, awareness of tuning into the energy of all things. So I attuned the energy of the flowers, of the trees, of the animals, of the, I just, feel that that prana, that energy of life that's in everything, is where we want to expand ourselves, not limit ourselves. So I just think, you know, for in order to change the macrocosm, we first got to change the microcosm. So I tend to want to go within my heart and have the intention. The intention has to follow the thought in order for manifestation. So I will set, just put in that space, I become aware from my heart point to that plant over there, or if I'm driving down a street and I see a tree and I see a person, I just, I kind of like send beams of love, of, of, of light, like, shh, shh, shh. and that's what I do. That's what I do. I shift, I try to shift the energy, uh, the frequency to a higher vibration of love. I also do that every day when I interact with people. So this morning I was in an office and I walked to this lady and grumpy lady, grumpy, grumpy. <laughs> I leave a message for some of this. this was it. And I walked and said, how are you? Sir? She goes, okay, I'm the only one here. I said, well, that's okay. That's good. You have your solitude. She goes, mm. I said, can I write a message? Yes, here you go. And I was, she gave me a little sticky pad. It was a letter I had to write. All right. And she goes, well, I could have given you a, well, if you need that much, I could have given you a piece of paper. I said, oh, that's okay. Because they'll pay attention to put it in a sticky pad, won't they? Just, oh. And I said, it's very beautiful outside. It's very sunny. You should go and get some sunshine. It's staying under this fluorescent light, right? She goes, yeah, I think so, but I have a lot of work. I said, but work will always be there. Anyway, buddy, and I do that a lot every day. And I cannot tell you, even on the phone, when I'm trying to clear them credit card charges or something like that, or get refunds, I always will engage that person and say, how are you? Where are you from? And what Aww. do you, because, you know, they're not mm -hmm. any different than we are. And they like that shift. People like to live more, people like to really repeat the script over and over and over again. And it's up to us to stop them from that script and say, stop, pay attention here and be in the moment, be in the moment. And that's another thing I'd say, live for the now. Yesterday's already happened. Tomorrow's yet to be. So all we have is this moment now and make the most of this moment now. And I said earlier, my, my daughter passed over, Maisie. And I'll tell you, um, I didn't know what to expect because, I mean, if you asked me two years ago, I'd say, well, I'll just jump off a cliff after she goes. But I got to say, I don't have a lot of grief. I went through the foggy period for a couple of days uh, when I had to put it down. But then I don't have a lot of grief. Yes, I was aware she's around me and she's hopping up and down. But I told a lot of my friends this. I don't think I have a lot of grief because I lived every moment with her when she was alive. Mm. I was aware of it. I was mindful. And I think if people could stop and be mindful of the moment, what are they doing with that moment now? And where are they putting their mindset? Um, I like to look at the mind uh, kind of like a radio dial. Like 88.6 is fear, limitation, darkness, scare, war. And 106.7 is love, joy, happiness, laughter, fun. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to 106.7. <laughs> That's what I want to bring into my space. And oh. where you put your thoughts will come back to you. You know, you you are what you think. Mm. How, I mean, I think that so many people are are stuck in, in fear and also like lack of control, lack of knowing what is going to happen next. Um, is it like a, you know, how do you shift or how do you encourage people to shift I, I think it's a great one, Yasmin, for them to go inside themselves. That this is this when first COVID first started two years, two and a half years ago now, 
or whatever it was. I, I told people it's an opportunity. There's always an opportunity. You were always afforded. I, first of all, I believe in divine order. I think everything is a divine order. And I think humans can understand that from this point of view. You know, we're down here in this vibration. But I think everything is in divine order. Even the stuff that seems like out of wacky, wacky crazy. <laughs> it's so as it is now because all this wacky stuff and planetary, as I, we were talking earlier, the uh, the planetary uh, uh, aspects right now is very strange aspects going on there. But it's a time. It's almost forcing us to be more spiritual. It's force is a great big movement right now, uh, planetarily astrologically of transformation so people are going to go down the deepest deepest darkest despair there's got to they got to find light they got to realize that they, it, it's a test of faith it's a test of their own sense of love of self and they got to find something within their essence within their being that they love and magnify that that like i said earlier everybody can see mm-hmm. and it's up to each individual to do that they, and they have to have faith i can't i wish i could give a magic wand to people and say Doom, there you are you're in life <laughs> there you are you're happy we're all responsible for our own happiness and um again we can live in in the darkness or we can live in in, in light you know mm, yeah wow and uh, james how do we work with our guides and also in your book you talk about master guide gatekeepers relationship guides like you know if someone's listening today and they've never worked with their guides what's like the first thing that they could do like how would they connect with them and oh i have a, I have a great exercise okay <laughs> a great one a great one and everybody can do it you know to be a medium everyone's a medium my belief is everyone's a medium only because we're all souls we're just souls in the body there are souls outside the body so everybody's able to connect if you will in that respect um what i tell my students and uh, to do and it works for everyone really is, is to, and it, it works on many levels for many things is to go into um a quiet room for me i have a walk-in closet i have a little walk-in closet I put a chair in there, close the door, so I won't be interrupted by outside noises. Uh, no phone, no people, nothing. And I sit in the quiet. I sit in the, in the stillness of my soul, if you will. And what you do is just you sit there, close your eyes. You just become aware. It's like a passive meditation. You just become aware of your breath, breathing in and breathing out. And if you want to breathe in, you know, love, great, or joy, great, and breathe out fear or limitation, that's great. And just be aware of the breath that you might get. Most Some people will come, become aware of what we call the monkey mind, where little things come in and you worry about this or you're concerned about that. That's fine. That's fine. Look, look at it, become aware, and then let it go. And let it go and just go back to your breath. Just always come back to your breath. And after a while of doing that, it's a little bit of practice, maybe a couple of times, second or third time you're into it, you'll be into it and you'll become aware of the silence. And the silence is very deafening because when you become aware of the silent space, then you become aware of how your soul, you grow, that you're not limited. You become aware of, if you will, your bubble or your your, your, your essence all around you, your auric field. And in that auric field, you become very familiar. It's like layers of an onion that's being peeled off. And at that point, when you sense that, you ask a guide, you can ask a gatekeeper or a healing guide or your master guide to come in front of you. I invite you into this space. And what you want to do with that space, because you've set up the space, you're in a receptive space, then you become particularly attuned to the subtlety of when this being of energy comes into that space, what do they feel like? What do they? What do you sense from them? And that is how you become aware of what a master guide feels like. What 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 energy does that master guide feel like? If you ask them for a healing guide to step behind you, what energies? What color? What substance does that feel like for you? And carry on a conversation with these beings. A lot of people say, "Can I have a name of my guide?" 
And I say, oh, it's so human of you because they might be outside of that. They don't, they don't, they're more energetic, if you will. That's more close to what I use is the energy. So that's the best way, uh, uh, the Yasmin, that I, uh, the quickest way and the easiest way for a lot of people to do that. And there's so many benefits of that, not just to meet your guides, but teach you about your own soul self and the stillness and the awareness. It really helps us all. It all works together. Powerful. And could we like ask something like, you know, a guide to send us love <laughs> or, you know, how does, how does that work? Do, can we ask them to you send know, us you know, a healing? You know what they would say? Oh, sure. Sure. And they would say it's within you. It's within you. It's already there, but you have to find it within yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to find that. They can't hand you something you already have. They can remind you that you're lo- a loving being because you do have it within you, but can, it's that human filter it has to go through. It's got to go through that human judgment filter that we all have. And uh, the essence, the core of our being is love. You know, fear is human. It's a human emotion. Um, it's a, And fear is a wasted emotion, really, because, I mean, it can certainly help us to push on and to do certain things, but it also can corrode us, uh, our purity of who we are. And uh, we are that loving being. We have within us everything we need because we've done this many, 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 many times. It's not our first time at the rodeo. And it's not our first time in, you know, the universe says, uh, someone in my audience once asked, they said, you know, can you ask the spirit people, um, what's the level of the human consciousness, the human being, where, where are they at uh, compared to the entire, you know, the, the ladder, if you will, of, of, aware, of beingness, awareness. And the spirit guides came and they said, you humans, you're like a grain of sand on the beach. That's how much expansiveness there is. There's <laughs> millions of universes. <laughs> Puts things in perspective, huh? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and our like egos are just through the roof and we think we're like, you know. Exactly. Exactly. It's like no 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 no. No no no. <laughs> you're just a particle. That's all. And we're all a particle. So Let's come together as one and make something different. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a powerful reminder. I think a lot of people are just stuck in our own. I think we spend a lot of time just fixated on kind of th- maybe things that just feel meaningless. You know, we spend so much time at jobs we don't like or, you know. Well, you know what it is? Also, Yasmin, I think a lot of it, number one is the control thing. We have to feel we're in control when we don't have any control. When you can relieve control and that you're great. The other thing, which I mentioned before, um, people are, I think we're born pure, uh, pure, if you will, or born with experiences of a lifetime. But we're, we come down here and we're pretty open. We're pretty clean slate. And I think as you look at toddlers and children, they're very joyful and very happy. And the little girl and little boy, they're playing, playing. And then probably around the age of six, seven, eight, they become programmed. They become programmed to listen in your head and mentally uh, assert yourself, be better in school, get an A in the test, and blah, blah, blah. And you become programmed to forget about the heart and get into the head. And then you get into that what we have called the pleasing mode. I got to please that person to be accepted, to be get a A in school so my mother will love me more, or however that morphs itself. So that pureness kind of steps aside. That the essence of our heart steps aside because we got to please people now. We can people pleasers, people pleasers. And then I have found, and that'll never happen. We can't please others because we're going to please ourselves. Mm. Then we get to middle age, around the thirties, and we look back and say, I'm not happy. I don't feel fulfilled. What's going Going on? Why is that? And it's really because you live somebody else's life, not your own life. Mm. And that's really what it's about. So you got to get back to self. 
And again, what other people think of you is none of your business. It's none of your business. You know, <laughs> so stop giving your energy away, people. Mm. <laughs> right? Yes, yes, yes. I love that. How do you? And how do you? Like, what's your kind of morning practice? Or are you just? Do you just automatically connect with self? Like, is this just an ingrained practice for you at this point? Well, at this point, it's it's pretty ingrained. My my, my Maisie May, my my little doggy, helped me so much with learning about unconditional love. She, I mean, that was unconditional love completely. So um, I'm I just love animals, and I just uh, I've got into gardening. I mean, I, I create gardens. I walk. Uh, I have a, a piece of property that I walk every day. It's a couple of acres, and I've designed it, and I just. I, I become aware of like the 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 different kingdoms, the garden, the fairy kingdom, and the nymph kingdom, and all mm-hmm. these. And I just kind of celebrate. It sounds really interesting, but it's like a walking meditation every day. I look at the leaves and the tree, the sunshine, and I'm just in a state of grace. I'm in a state of gratefulness. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. I'm in this space. I thank the universe for giving me what I have. You know, um, nothing's perfect per se. People say, "Oh, you have this." No, but I'm happy. I'm happy inside because I'm joyful for what I have, you know, and I think grateful, being grateful for what we have is a key. It's, it's a magical key in remembrance, you know, to be grateful. You know, everyone's going to have more than you have. And some people are better, some people are worse. You should never compare yourself to others because that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Just be grateful with what you have because you have all the tools you need within you. And you just have the courage and the faith to open that the toolbox up and, and use those tools when you need them. Mm. Thank you for that. That's mm. powerful. And <laughs> James, why do you think, I mean, we talked about this briefly, but you know, with earth school, like why do you think we're here? And also, can you tell us about maybe some of the major themes that have emerged over the years as you've connected with folks from the other side? Like, what are you, what are some things that keep coming up time and time again? Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I'm so much involved in my work, but stepping back and I look and see, wow, it, it, it's, it's, it's hard to get, but then I go and drive the LA freeway. So then I get to see it. <laughs> so, right. You know, yeah. uh, you know, it's interesting because I've written about, uh, there was one book I wrote called unfinished business. And, and what that was, was a book about, um, the reason I wrote that book was it was probably 25, 30 years in my work or 20, yeah, 25. And I got so tired of doing these demonstrations of lectures and readings and people where spirit would come through and said, if only I knew then what I know now, I would have done things differently. I would have chosen differently. So it was all about what we were just talking about. They lived in fear. And they said, I can't believe I care what other people thought of me, or I shouldn't have listened to my mother and father about that. I should live my own life, not someone else's life. That's a common theme, living you know, living my own life, not somebody else's life. Uh, that was a big common thing. Forgiveness is a big one. You know, when you pass the other side of life, as we talked about earlier with that life review, you want to be able to go over there and look back at your life here and have a hap- be happy about it, have no regrets, have no should-haves, would-haves, or could-haves. That's really important. So have no should-haves, would-haves, or could-haves. So we come back here to learn, but we also come back here to finish, to close things off, to to, to amend the things that we did in another lifetime, former lifetime, to bring love. You know, down here in this earth school, souls come back here because there are rich opportunities to grow. There are so many opportunities to grow here, more than other spaces and places, they say, because we have free will here. And because this earth school is made up of souls that are 
baby souls who are maybe just starting off in a way where they believe that war and power and money is important. And then you have the postgraduate souls who are all about um, love and healing and light and unity. And then you have those middle grade souls who are a little bit in the middle. So because you have all of those levels of souls, it creates and affords all different scenarios and shows, plays for us to get involved in and forces us to go within ourselves to see how we're going to handle the situation, how we're going to learn from that person. What is that person teaching me? What am I teaching them? How can I inspire somebody? How can I help them out? So it affords us all that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to answer a question of yours that you're going to ask me because I know cause I'm psychic, so I know you're going to answer this question. So before you get to it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the answer. Okay. Because <laughs> someone once said, they say this in interviews, and it's so hard for me to remember the readings I've done. I've done like hundreds and thousands of readings all over the world. And they said, what's your favorite one? I said, I don't really remember them, but I do remember one in particular, and I'm forcing myself to remember this in my consciousness because it's so important. And it says it all. So there was, I was in Maui, uh, over in Hawaii, I was in Maui at the Performing Arts Center there. And there were about 250 people, about three, four years, four years ago. And um, they were a little slow on the uptake because I was like, do you understand this? Ugh. I said, oh, I'm in Maui. Maui, wow, he's supposed to be around here somewhere. <laughs> it was a good time. But um, I was aware that there was a little spirit girl next to me. And she's probably three years old, blonde hair, pigtails, pink, pink dress, hopping up and down, jumping up and down. I want to speak to my mom and daddy. I want to speak to my mom and daddy. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> so I, I offered that to the audience. I said, this, I explained to the little girl there and it's her birthday. Now, who does this belong to? And there's a couple in the very last row, a man and his wife, and, and the guy was a big dude. It looked like he worked out. And the girl said, Daddy, Daddy, I love my angel wings. Thank you for the angel wings. This is a Yasmin. That was an incredible experience. He stands up. She's crying. He's crying. He stands up, takes off his T-shirt, turns around, and on his back, on his lats, are two angel wings oh. that he had tattooed for his little girl for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's the type of work that it's about. I mean, it takes that beautiful that's so and so little nuanced things that we do for each other that mean so much. Wow. It really is. It's not the great big things, it's those little thoughts of love. It's those little expressions of love and caring and compassion that mean the most to the mm. spirit people. And why can't we do that down there? You know, we never should do things in our life to get back. We should just do them to do them because it's the right thing. And and I had to learn I had to learn a hard lesson. One of the lessons I had to learn was unrealistic expectations. And maybe a lot of people do, but I for me, I was a giver, give people this, give people that. And that's at one point I should be, I mean, I can't tell you how many careers I've made in this in this field of people. <laughs> I've helped someone. But you know, I expected something back, a thank you or something. It was like finally it was like, no, 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 no. They don't, people don't know. People are limited. People are what, where they're at. Not everybody thinks that, James, that's unrealistic expectations. You're expecting someone else to be like you, and they're not. They're not aware of that. That's the way things should be. That's, and then, and that shouldn't be the way you think, James. You should just do it because you should just do it. It's the right thing to do. Right. And I think all of us should be aware of that, that people are in different levels and different spaces and places. Some people are limited in how they see things. And we can't don't have to get frustrated by saying, you got to see it this way. Or why can't you do it that way? Because it, it's limited. It's almost like this, the country, the U.S. right now, there are people that are limited. There are people that see things, bigger pictures, and see people see smaller pictures. And we've got to embrace all of it, that that's where they're at. That's where people are at. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? You got to accept, accept where people are at. And uh, 
not judge, I guess. That's, yeah, I think. The judgment is fear based because when you judge on the person, it comes out of fear. Because if I'm judging you, that means I feel better then. And that comes to the whole control issue because if I'm better than I'm more in control. <laughs> See? Right. So I put someone else down, I'm better than. That's the whole judgment. It's fear based. Well, mm. fear based. Fear is false ego appearing real. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, wow. <know>? Yeah. <laughs> And James, how has your point of view changed um, since the pandemic started? Like, has any kind of big aha come from the last couple of years for you, or has it just been kind of more of the same? No, it's, it changes. It changes because, you know, again, the human, I get, I'm get i tired of hanging out inside my house. I love a great house and a great space, but I'd like to change things up. I mean, you're talking to someone who traveled 200 days a year, and I was forced to be in here. Although I semi-retired the month before it happened. Thank you, Spirit. Oh, wow. They yeah, they knew. They knew. <laughs> Spirit knew. So they set me up fine. But I, I think, I, I, for me, it's watching the human. It's watching people, how they treat one another and, and, and the values and what, what they take is, is, is important and, 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 and whatnot. And I mean, I've gone through the, the, I've gone through all the different levels with people, friends of mine who, you know, who don't believe in vaccination. Some do believe vaccination, whatever it is. I've seen people get angry. I've seen people happy. I've seen it all. And I just remind, like I said before, I just walk in and be happy and shift and just love. And that's all I can do. And I know this this is an opportunity to grow. You know, this, this doesn't just happen. I think it's divinely I created. I think it's divinely led to force people to grow, to force people to look inside themselves and remember who they are, if you will. Yeah. So I have more, I have more humility for people. I have more, um, yeah, I'm more, I'm more open to people of all different reasons and, um, I, I and I, I'm always finding moments to teach or enlighten or share, if we can call it that. And um, I'm finding that. Um, I, but I think also this comes with with age too, Jasmine. I'm in my sixties now. <laughs> I find I don't have time for BS. Mm, <laughs> I yeah. just don't have time for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And most, a lot of people, a lot of people might feel that way from this whole situation. But I don't have time for BS. I just come on. Let's not let's not do that to one another. Be yeah. real. <laughs> Right. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah, totally. I mean, and, and so I'm curious, James, you know, what do you think is the future of humanity? I mean, where do you see this playing out? Well, you have to remember that this is a, a drama down here. This is the place where the, the shows happen. This is a place where the theatrics, so we can work things out down here. So there'll always be a space here in, in, in you know, there are different levels here in, in humanity. I think we're going to be forced to, I think we will have to be forced. I think we're going to have to be forced. And I'm not saying through a plague or a, a pandemic. I don't know how it's going to force us, but I think we have to, we're going to be forced to recognize that we're all one community. That we're all community. We're all, we're all united. And um, I'm involved in a thing with, uh, called the love species with a girlfriend of mine. And um, it's all about being um, united with everybody. Everybody has a, a point of view. Everybody's perfect in just the way they are. There might be different belief systems, but we're all that, again, that God spark within us. So it's it's letting people express that, not judging it, but realize that everybody's um, different belief system, but they have that, that we all have to find that united oneness that we all have, that, that, that godness, if you will, that energy. I think that we're going to get more involved in that. Now, I can say that too, because 40 years ago, a medium said to me, uh, uh, you know, in my first trip to Los Angeles and said, I want to be, a, I, you know, I want to be a sitcom writer. And I walked into this medium, I didn't know anything about mediumship or a spirit. And he said, you know, the spirit world is a different work for you. I said, well, I just said, he goes, you're going to help change the consciousness of the planet. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to be a sitcom writer. What? 
And um, I thought, oh, come on. And sure enough, now, 40 years later, I can say my work has definitely opened doors that way. So, And there are more people now believe in life after death and, and mediumship and spirituality than they were then, you know, than they were then. So I can say that's going to happen. There's going to be a shift. There's going to be a shift of consciousness. There's going to be an awareness. There's going to be an, an awakening. I think there's going to be a great awakening. Um, I, I really do. Maybe the next five, ten years, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope. I think we're just the beginning of it. We're just the beginning of it. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I am so happy that that's your conclusion because I also feel the same way and I'm, I'm hoping. Oh, good. I don't I'm think, good about that alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, James, what has surprised you the most on your journey looking back of your 40 years in this space? Well, it might seem, it might seem <laughs> weird, but so what surprised me the most was, well, this might sound very strange, and I'm going to tell you this because I'm a very <laughs> honest person. And I have integrity. That's who I am. But and it might be an answer which you never expected. But um, for me personally, I have found on this journey, on this on this path, that those people that call themselves spiritual or teach about that or work that call them have a label are not. <laughs> and that's mm. me hurt my heart because um, they're what I call some fogies, I guess you'd say. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, wow, that hurts that you have people's lives in your hands. And that that you're not genuine, and I've done a lot of work with. It. That's really been the most uh, eye opener. And of course, and I, you know, I have to my own thing of judge, judge, you can't judge. It's where they're at. But I feel so responsible, you know, that oh my god, you know, they're hurting people's lives and saying something or not. It just that was the big surprise in my in my work, and also jealousy of people, jealousy from people about my success and my awareness that you know I've worked and I've worked, you know, just. I did spirits work. I didn't try it. It just kind of well just happened. But uh, the human aspect of people being jealous, which I thought was so weird. It was so out of my wheelhouse. It was just like, what? And not only people, family also, mm. people in this world. It was just a weird one. That that was the biggest, weirdest thing ever. Then in the opposite of that, what I've learned is that the spirit world is all around us. It isn't above us or above us. It's right around us. It's just a stepping into that consciousness. And they're always around us. No one is ever alone. They walk step in step with us. And uh, I just know that that's become more and more and more and more relevant. And I've been more aware of that. With each reading I do, I become more aware of that space. And it's it's just, there's no fear. The human being should be fearful at all because there is no death. There's no endings. There's only beginnings. There's only changes. Life is all about movement. And we move from one to another. As the cells die off every day and, and are born, same thing with us. There's no death. But live the best life you can because this is no dress rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, I amen to that. And, and also, sweetheart, I also want to say, um, for me, I know I keep on cutting up, but I got to get this out. Um, for me, I think a successful life, when you can look back at your life, and you realize that the world is a better place than it was when you first got here, that's a successful life. Mm, yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Right? Beautiful. I love that so much. And um, I'm also curious, like, what your main takeaway is. I think you kind of hit on that, but, like, what do you want to tell our listeners as kind of your call to action? Like, for, what, do, what do you want them to do next? Well, I think it's, it's an opportunity for everyone listening here to stop and to go within. And whether that's through, I have a great school online, the J, James Park School of Mystical Arts is a great, great school. Or, or go to read books or go to some other program. Do something to awaken that flame within. 
do something. Don't try, just be. And do what feels right to you. And and the other thing I would say, which I mentioned many times, what other people think of you is none of your business because you are unique in who you are. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's everything right with you. And the universe conspires for your highest goodness. And that's what I'd love people to know that. Hmm. <laughs> love, love, love. And I was just going to ask if there are any resources that you can point folks to, the, yes. your website, where they can yes. learn more about you. Yes. The website is up. My last name, which is Van Prague, V-A-N-P-R-A-A-G-H.com. And also I have a great online school. It's go around the world. It's all different, uh, over 45 different courses of healing and mediumship and, and um, life coaching, spiritual coaching, spiritual awareness, uh, uh, connections with the spirit world. Uh, and that's the James Van Prague School of Mystical Arts. And it's, it's a great community, which uh, a community came out of, which is really nice. And uh, that's what they do. I also do readings. For, um, I do messages once a month. I do an evening of messages. Um, and then I do an evening of psychic messages an evening of mediumship messages. And that's all on my website, vanprog.com, if you want to register for that. Oh, great. Okay, excellent. Uh, James, thank you so much for your time. I just really enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot. I feel so much more inspired and upbeat. And it's just a reminder of how to live life, right? Not to take ourselves too seriously and to be objective and to also be aware of our thoughts so that we don't, we don't, um, yeah, we don't impact the collective in a negative way. (laughs) That's exactly right. And and uh, my mantra, which I'll leave, which I love and everyone's going to have this and use it, it is what it is, and that's all that it is. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's acceptance. Acceptance is the key. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazing. And so for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learn about how to work with guides and messages from the other side with James Van Prague. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.